painting to photography, from beadwork to woodworking. KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University presents Artbeat. Artbeat highlights the work and accomplishments of local artists from in and around Winona. Support for Artbeat is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. There are many great opportunities within Winona to expand your skills towards your career, whether that be creating music, shooting video, or simply dancing till your legs fall off. But where do you start? How do you know what's right for you? This week, we talked with Jen Oswald, director of the Summer Education Programs, and Emma Bucknam, house manager for Great River Shakespeare Festival 2022. Jen and Emma talk with us about the Youth Apprenticeship Program, how to get involved with Great River Shakespeare Festival, and why everybody loves Shakespeare. Emma also talks with us about how important joining Great River Shakespeare Festival was and the skills she's learned from the job that college just doesn't teach her. So turn on the lights, get in character, and set the stage as we learn more about the Youth Apprenticeship Program together. I'm Max Ackman, and up next is KQAL's Bill Stoneberg with Jen Oswald and Emma Bucknam, today on Artbeat. I'm here with Jen Oswald. She is the Director of Summer Education, and I'm also here with Emma Bucknam, and she is a house manager and also a former student from the youth programs. Jen, I think we'll start with you. Um, we We've talked a lot about youth programs in the, in the past, things like that, uh, but we kind of wanted to focus on apprenticeships this year. Um, it's something that we haven't talked about a lot, but before we get to that, can you just kind of tell our listeners uh, how long you've been with the festival and how you got involved? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually started with Great River uh, back in 2013 in season 10 as a costume intern. Um, And I worked in the costume shop for a few years as I was uh, finishing college and um, just after college as a stitcher, as a design assistant. Um, And then as my outside of the summer life started to be more and more about education, I moved uh, into this role and I took over as director of education back in 2018. Um, And so now in the off season, I am a a, uh, full-time classroom teacher and then I come here in the summers to run our education programs. Nice. So quite a bit of experience under your belt, right? You know. Um, so what really constitutes um, an apprenticeship? You know, I think a lot of us, you know, kind of recognize the, in- the term intern, you know, uh, although we might misinterpret that. I think a lot of people think, oh, you get coffee or take notes or something. But, you know, um, what constitutes an apprenticeship and what do they do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I actually love that you asked that question because we just changed uh, the name of our program from interns to apprentices. So we no longer have interns at uh, Great River, which is a semantic shift in the world, right? Like you said, what exactly is an intern? Um, And our apprentices, uh, which are positions across production and admin, um, are paid and they are doing work that is really, really integral to the festival being able to run at all. So that includes um, running the stage crew during the shows that you see, uh, both in costumes and uh, backstage for sets and lights and sound. Um, It's also education and community engagement, providing support in that way um, and marketing. So really our apprenticeships stretch across departments throughout the theater and it is usually someone who is earlier in their career who is here to both learn but also comes here with skills that they're ready to build upon Um, and we're so so grateful for our apprentice program and a lot of our current full-time staff members are also former interns or apprentices as I said including myself. Nice so like would an apprentice do they get um, are they kind of assigned to a professional to follow and kind of learn from Um, or or is there like a group of them in a department and they follow the department leader? How, how does that work, like as far as mentoring? 
Yeah, absolutely. It really varies from department to department. For instance, we have stage management apprentices um, who are working on one specific production with one specific lead stage manager. Um, And so they're both responsible for uh, duties across the show as far as uh, making lists and keeping things in track and running things backstage and being in communication with the stage manager who is sitting in the booth up in the air at the back of the theater. And then there are those who work more broadly, like I said, costume shop, scene shop are really working as a team under different folks, depending on the point in the season. Um, And then for uh, the education department, our mighty department of two, is myself and Christina, who is our education and community engagement apprentice. Um, So there are other opportunities throughout that she might um, uh, lend support in different departments, depending on what she also particularly wants to learn this year. We have a little bit of freedom as far as that goes to make sure that they are still educational opportunities to learn and grow, acknowledging that uh, a lot of our apprentices are still figuring out exactly what they want to do. Um, And we want that to be a chance for them to learn from the professionals that we have coming here in the summers. Great. Um, That sounds pretty fantastic. Is the program like open to anyone? Like how, how would one get involved if they're looking at a career in theater perhaps, or maybe they're thinking about it and don't know which direction to go to? Um, How would you get involved in being an apprentice? Yeah. So technically our apprenticeships are open to anybody 18 and up. Um, Typically it's folks who have done at least uh, two years out of high school, whether they are in um, undergrad or some other kind of training program, working on an associate's degree. Um, but right, someone who's been out of high school for a couple of years. Um, and if someone is interested in applying, they can just go to grsf.org education um, and take a look at what we're hiring for from year to year. A lot of the positions are the same, but sometimes they also shift with the needs of the festival. So an apprenticeship, uh, you mentioned work experience, but you're also learning as well. Uh, sounds kind of like a stepping stone, right? In a, into your career field. Um, what would be the, what does that look like then the next step? Like where do they go from there? And uh, maybe we'll have to get Emma's opinion on this, you know, in a little bit here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We did introduce sort of right, acknowledging that that was a need, that people come here to do an apprenticeship and then that's it, right? How do we continue to, um, if it is the right choice for someone to return to Great River or continue their education in that way, um, we noticed that there was a gap because they either might not be ready for a staff position yet or we only have so many staff positions and if people continue to return. Um, So we did introduce something called our fellowship program, which is uh, designed as one more stepping stone to come out of an apprenticeship that we acknowledge that we want to continue to work with you. We acknowledge that you are continuing to build on your education. Um, And so we now have a number of folks who are here uh, this year who started as an intern or now apprentice, came back as a fellow and are now on staff um, in the same department that they started. It just sounds like a fantastic program, you know. It's a great way to connect with the community, but also um, staff the festival, you know, with uh, experienced folks. That's really good. Uh, So how would, if someone's interested, how would they go about it? I'm assuming maybe the website, grsf.org? Yeah, uh, looking on our website, uh, just reaching out to myself, education at grsf.org. We're always happy to have conversations about what opportunities might be there. Um, And as you said, uh, we do have Emma here as well, who uh, was not an intern or apprentice, uh, but really grew out of our programs and is now on staff with the festival, which is an incredible 
thing for us. And I'm glad you mentioned that. So, <laughs> Emma, because uh, something else that we wanted to touch on a little bit was youth education. And you're a perfect example, Emma, of how getting into youth education programs at, at Great River and then now you're working for the festival. Can you tell us a little bit about like when you started with Great River Shakespeare Festival? Um, you know, it sounds like that was quite some time ago. And, <laughs> you know, just like a brief synopsis of your journey here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was eight when I saw my first show here, Comedy of Errors. Not even the most recent Comedy of Errors. That was two Comedy of Errors ago. Um, and then I got involved uh, at GRSF because there was a casting call for youth actors for one of the professional productions. Um, so my grandparents, who've always been huge supporters of the festival, saw that and were like, Emma, this is a chance for you to get involved with this theater festival that you're always so excited about every summer. And I was like, okay, I've not really done a whole lot like this, but I'll, I'll put my name in the hat. Um, and ended up working on that show. And then Tara Flanagan, who is the head of the Shakespeare for Young Actors program, was also working on that and said, Emma, I don't know if you've heard, but there's this great program happening in July that I think you should really look at. So that was my first season of Shakespeare for Young Actors of, I think it was seven. My last one was our Zoom, <laughs> our Zoom year of 2020, but my last full production was Henry V. So I did, I think, six full productions with Shakespeare for Young Actors and then uh, a year of Zoom and Shakespeare on film. Um, and then that somehow translated into me picking up like a temporary box office position when they needed some people last summer while we were by the river. And then this year I applied and was accepted to be the house manager. So I'm working with ushers and then also we'll be stepping into the SYA classroom some too to keep working with that program, which is very near and dear to my heart. Oh, that's fantastic. What a great journey. <laughs> and, you know, it also brings up, I think, a really interesting point. When you first started participating in, like, the youth education program, stuff like that, did you have in mind, like, a specific goal, like, I'm going to act, or I'm going to be on the scenes, or I'm going to work? I heard you mention the film stuff, too, which you guys made some awesome films, you know, but it sounds like the more you get involved, the more you learn about, you know, the field and then more possibilities you have. Is it, am I kind of hitting the mark there or how did that go for you? Um, I will say definitely the reason why I'm currently going into my junior year of college. The reason that I'm studying what I'm studying at school is because of GRSF and the opportunities I've had here. Technically, I'm an acting major, um, but I've also, well, I've been at school, dabbled in some stage management, some costume design, directing. Um, I've also done some directing in the community with the skills that I've picked up through my experience at the festival. Um, so it's definitely broadened my eyes. And now I'm working in a front of house position, which is great. And I'm seeing an entirely different side of the festival um, than I have before while I've been on stage. And so I don't feel like I need to narrow my viewpoints to just one area of theater. I'm enjoying exploring all of it. And I'm only 20 years old, so I've got, I've got a whole career ahead of me to figure things out. But yeah, I really enjoyed the opportunities the festival has given me to do that. That is great. That's fantastic. So taking into consideration all of your experience with the festival and things like that, why do you think it's so important, you know, to have for a festival like this to have youth education programs? And then also, what would you what would you recommend to young people who are looking at something like that and kind of on the fence if they want to participate or not? Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely say that I really grew into my own during Shakespeare for Young Actors and my experience with the festival festival because um, I was involved like basically throughout all of my teenage years like all of high school most of middle school um, which is a time when you're really figuring out like who you are and who you want to be um, not just like career-wise but also as a person and so I think being surrounded by all of these really 
um, great mentors that I could look up to while I was in such a impressionable state. Yeah, like forming who I was, I think was really good for me to be just surrounded by all these people who are so dedicated to helping people explore like who they are <laughs> and what they want to do. Um, and I would say that I would strongly encourage anyone who's interested in Shakespeare or theater in general to check out these programs. Um, it's only a month of your summer. It was always when I was a kid, the month that I looked forward to the most in the year, July was always my highlight of the year. Um, and the education that you get in these programs like is a professional like level of training. Well, it's been simplified down somewhat because you're still learning. But I would say that even in some of my college classes, we haven't covered everything that we've covered in SYA because you're being taught by professionals who've been like in the industry for years. So I would highly, highly recommend these programs. And I can't necessarily speak for like the other programs, but I also have friends who've gone through like Shakespeare for Young Designers and Shakespeare for Young Filmmakers and have just enjoyed so much getting to work on projects and getting to learn about these fields. And so I think that any of these programs is a really great opportunity for people to get involved in. I would definitely agree. I would agree. And you brought up something really interesting there, uh, that you learn skills and not just learning things about theater, but things that you could carry out into other aspects of life, you know? And I think that's important in kind of any educational experience. Is there any kind of like moment or something you learned during the youth ed programs that, that uh, crosses over into everyday life or, you know, something that helped you grow in some ways or anything you can remember like that for us? In some ways, the preparation, because with, with Shakespeare for Young Actors specifically, you have three weeks to audition for, uh, learn the lines, block the entire show, and then perform the entire show. And that's just a three-week process. So it's a very quick turnaround, even in like the theater community. Three weeks is a pretty short process. Um, and so you need to buckle down and do the work um, and really work on focus. And so that I would say is something that has definitely like crossed over is learning how to even just like memorize lines that quickly, but also working with others to come up with a product that you're proud of. Um, and also helping younger students along was something that I really enjoyed because when I was 12 years old and first getting into this program, I was so nervous and so shy and had no idea what I was doing and looked up so much not just to the educators, but also to the older students in the program. And so being able to grow up and be one of the people that the younger kids looked up to was just so special to me because I knew how important that was to me when I was younger. I absolutely, this is one of my favorite parts of the job. I absolutely love it when I have a follow-up question in mind and the person <laughs> I'm talking to answers it before I ask it. You know, because um, I was gonna ask if you, if you were an outgoing child or not, you know, I think a lot of people when they think about theater, you know, first and foremost, we, I think we always think of the actors. Mm -hmm. You know, and then we think, well, I'm not real outgoing. Maybe that's not for me. But, you know, as you just kind of, you know, laid out an example for us, it kind of can allow you to grow in that way. You know, I, I think uh, people, you know, especially young people out there who may be thinking about this, but think, oh, I'm too shy and I don't know, I'm nervous. You know, what would you say to them specifically to, to help them kind of overcome that and try it? I would say that when I was younger, I was very much a person who struggled a lot with anxiety and like specifically social anxiety. And so having this pocket of people who I knew I could trust with 
everything in me was just so important. Because um, when I would go to school, I'd be like, oh, I can't connect with people necessarily um, on some of my like interests that are very specific. Like Shakespeare is not a very common interest with middle schoolers. <laughs> but being able to have this group of people who totally understand understood everything that I was feeling um, and like wanted to play nerdy Shakespeare games with me um, during lunch breaks. Like it wasn't just like, a, oh, we can finally be done with the Shakespeare. It was like, no, we need to get even more in there. Um, being able to connect with people with those shared interests um, who were just so supportive um, and then being able to grow more into my own too and feel more confident on stage um, and as a person too, moving through the world, like the move, like the movement workshops that we did even too, like I was like, oh, I've just noticed I've been holding all this tension in my body as a middle schooler <laughs> and just being able to let that go and feel like more at peace with myself and who I was both on and off stage was really impactful. And I, I honestly don't know the kind of person that I would be without this program because it has just shaped so much of who I am, even just the way that I move in the world. Yeah. That's fantastic. I love it. I love it when experiences and skills can be transferred and used all the time. I love it. Um, how about like, you know, just community engagement in general, you know, and I guess this could be for either one of you. Um, I know that, you know, Great River Shakespeare Festival does a lot of good programs like, you know, Jen, we were talking before we turned the mic on about, you know, some of the company conversations, things like that. There's the ice cream socials. Um, and this goes out to, I guess, either one of you. Uh, why do you think it's so important to engage the community with, with theater? first of all, and then also just Shakespeare, you know, in particular. I mean, we don't exist without our audience and without our community, right? Um, and Emma is also evidence of that as someone who started as a community member and her family's incredibly involved and supportive of the festival and then grew to be someone who is part of the festival in this very specific way, in, in many specific ways. Um, but it's that idea of, right, without an audience and without a community, we're just a bunch of people putting on a play in a room by ourselves um and uh and so it's so important to find those connections um with this community without which we do not exist um and so we do that in a ton of different ways uh which is everything from our no before you go um pre-show speeches uh which are delivered about uh, 20, 30 minutes before each performance that just say this is a little bit about what you should know in order to go and enjoy the play. And it also acknowledges that Shakespeare is one, like Emma said, not everybody's first thought for what they want to do um, with their evening or not everybody's cup of tea. Uh, and Shakespeare often doesn't feel accessible. And what we really, really try to stress at Great River is that Shakespeare is accessible and Shakespeare and theater in general is for everybody. We're just telling stories. We all love to tell stories. We all love to listen to stories. Um, and so with our No Before You Go speeches, it's a seven minute. Uh, this is what you need. A little bit of fun facts, a little bit of background on the play itself um, about this production specifically. And then especially with the Shakespeare's, what do you need to know in order to enjoy enough of this play that you will be immersed in the world and ready to go and ready to listen and ready to sit back and relax instead of getting stressed or caught up in the language that might feel unfamiliar and the new characters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Emma, do you want to add anything onto that, especially as someone who's working really directly with our audience this year? Yeah. So in my position as house manager this summer, I'm working really closely with the Friends of Will, which is our volunteer organization, um, specifically with the ushers. And so every night before performance, I'm meeting with 
them and we're talking um, and I'm getting to hear like directly like from them like what they're thinking about what's going on and then also I'm in the lobby every single night at the shows so I'm getting to direct directly interact with the people who are there instead of being like someone who's up on stage and like you see those faces in the audience but you never really get to hear what they're saying they just hear what you're saying um i also wanted to respond to jen's point about making shakespeare accessible um like i mentioned i i am a theater major um but even among theater majors there seems to be this barrier uh, around shakespeare where it's like oh it's like this you just have to be really into it otherwise like you're not going to enjoy it and you have to like study it and totally prepare for a performance otherwise it's not going to be enjoyable at all um and i think great river shakespeare festival does an excellent job of making it accessible um I was going as an eight-year-old and enjoying the shows here. Um, I also know I, I dragged a friend of mine up from school with me this summer. He's a scenic apprentice, um, and he has never really enjoyed Shakespeare. But he's currently operating the spotlights for all of the shows, and he texted me after a production of Twelfth Night and was just like, I get it now. I understand what you're talking about. So um, that's been really cool, too, to, to share that with people and to bring them here from different corners of the country because we have people from all over the country involved in our programs. Yeah. Um, and even like from like Australia and stuff. So, yeah, it's been really cool. Yeah, people come from all over. I actually, I don't know if it was maybe three years ago now. Um, I was out of Montana and I was on my way back here, and somewhere in the middle of Montana, in the middle of the night, actually, ended up at a county campground and a car pulled in right behind us, and it was some folks coming from Winona back to California after the festival. So it's you meet people in the weirdest places at the weirdest times. But, um, you know, we mentioned a few of the uh, auxiliary things that happen, you know, with uh, company conversations, the front porch series, ice cream socials. Is there something, like, say I'm one of those people who are like, well, I don't know if Shakespeare's for me. I don't really understand it. Um I don't know if I could sit that long. You know, I'm trying to think of any kind of grumpy old man thing that might be said. Um, uh, what is another activity, something that's happening, like an ice cream social something, something that you would recommend to that person? Just go try that and see what happens. Yeah, I do think that uh, company conversations are a great way to just get a sense of uh, the grander conversations that we're having uh, as theater professionals, as Great River Shakespeare Festival. Um, they take place every single Sunday at 11 a.m. at Blooming Grounds. Um, and while we are talking about the shows that we are producing, we're also talking about what our shows mean and what um, we're thinking as human beings, right? Most of us, most of us are not from Winona and not... Um, living here in the off season. Um, and so we're having these bigger, excellent human conversations driven by the stories that are being told on our stages. Um, and so would absolutely recommend for anyone to come on out to Blooming Grounds or tune in on Facebook. We also do a live stream every week um, just to hear what that is um, and hear the different voices of people who are involved in the festival, that there's so much more happening than just what you see on stage. Um, the other thing I would say, uh, along with the can't necessarily sit through a whole production of uh, Shakespeare, which I mean, I will also say, I think uh, in the uh, sort of aftershocks of COVID, as we continue to negotiate what that looks like, our attention spans are shorter. My attention span is shorter. Um, and it's a fair thing to not want to sit in one single seat straight up and listen for three hours. Um, 
And so uh, something that we introduced a few years ago that I'm really excited is a full series this year is something called fidget friendly shows. Um, so we right there's a bunch of different ways we use right the term accessibility in so many different ways. Um, and sometimes it really does mean uh, accessibility uh, for people with disabilities. So uh, talking about ASL interpretation, um, we have um audio described shows uh, so that you can have the earpiece and know what's happening for blind and low vision folks. And then the other part of that is fidgety. <laughs> um, and that could be someone with autism spectrum disorder uh, who might need to stand up or make noise or leave the theater and that that is an okay thing to do on Friday matinees. We are all aware of that. Um, and it could be someone with a bad back who just needs to stand in the aisle or same thing, get up, use the restroom. Um, and so that's a really great option for someone who doesn't think that sitting through a full show is for uh, them and wants to have a little bit more flexibility and feel a little more comfortable in the theater, whatever your needs may be, um, to come out to one of our Friday matinees. I just want to interject. I love that idea. The Friday matinee, the fidget friendly. So if you're out there and you are thinking, I can't sit that long. Fidget friendly is for you on Fridays. So I would also say if you're nervous about going to watch a full Shakespeare production and just want to dip your toe into sort of the more Shakespeare elements, um, we have two productions happening this summer with Shakespeare elements that are just like full on Shakespeare. Um, the African Company Presents Richard III um, has scenes of Shakespeare woven into it, but it's the story of an African company in the 1800s putting on the play. So a lot of it is in like English that. We, we spoke more recently. Um, and then also we have our Community Engage project, which is happening at the end of the month. I'm totally blanking on the name right now of that play. All the World's a Stage, um, which also has Shakespeare elements, but also is very closely tied into stories from our own community um, and developed from story circles that um, were held here in Winona to hear um, community members, what their own experiences are living here. Um, so that's another great opportunity to go if you're just looking to start dipping your toe into some Shakespeare and aren't ready to watch the entirety of Twelfth Night, which I will say is one of my favorites. Um, definitely go see it if, if you are interested. But yeah, I would also say those are great options. Cool. Thank you so much. Um, it's, so it's all the towns of stage Winona, right? Winona Stories? All the towns of stage. I Winona Story. There it is. There it is. We got it. We got it. We got it. Um, yeah, I thought that was a really cool thing, too. And in the interest of time, we should probably wrap it up for everyone here. But uh, uh, where should people go to find out more? Yeah, uh, grsf.org is going to be your one-stop shop for all information about our uh, productions, our community engagement opportunities, and our education classes. Um, you can also contact us at 507-474-7900. Um, and for specific education and community engagement, you can always reach out to me directly uh, at education at grsf.org um, and ask any questions you have. And uh, any last words to uh, uh, tell youth out there, like, you know, come and take part in this. Um, it sounds like it was a great experience for yourself. Um, what would you say to kids? Out there? Yeah, I would say don't miss out on this opportunity. Also, if you've been through the program before, you can just keep on building and adding skills by coming back, which is what I did for many years. Um, and to anyone who's not a student or is a student, I hope to see you in the lobby. I'm there every night. Um, come say hi. 
Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today. I'm here with Jen Oswald. She is the director of summer education programs. And I'm also here with Emma Bucknam. She is the house manager this year, and she came up through the youth education programs. So thank you so much for both of you for talking to me with tonight. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks again to Jen Oswald, director of the summer education program, and Emma Bucknam, house manager for Great River Shakespeare Festival 2022, for joining us today on Artbeat. For more information on the festival, go to grsf.org. For more conversations on art, tune into Artbeat, Tuesdays at 1230, right here on 89.5 KQAL. You can also listen to Artbeat on your favorite streaming services. Find links at kqal.org. I'm Max Ackman, and we've been talking about the Youth Apprenticeship Program at Great River Shakespeare Festival 2022 with Jenna Oswald and Emma Bucknam on Artbeat. Artbeat is written and produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us on the web at kqal.org.